Bam! Welcome to Go Live, the weekly gaming show brought to you by Game On Daily. I'm full of energy. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can probably see in all these little windows that side, no, that side. None of them have Gaz in it. Gaz isn't here this week. I know you all love him. He'll be back next week, bringing more sauce than ever. Um, if you're watching after the fact, if you're watching on a podcasting service, you're watching it on YouTube afterwards. Just um, hit two times playback speed. It'll be like he's here with us all along. Uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily, the week has given us loads of great topics. So we're going to have a good show. I've got a fantastic panel of guests that are all people that I love to talk to. They've all been on the show before. So before we get into the topics, I'm going to introduce those. And first of all, in no particular order, in a very particular order, because it's the order that I can see them on the screen. Uh, Chris Grinnell, has, uh, he's a former Sony Liverpool developer, regular panel member for Midweek Mixup, and he's really popular on the podcasting scene in general. Chris is also... Um, a long-time friend of Game On Daily. So when we first started our YouTube channel, Chris was there as a guest when we had around 10 viewers right from the beginning. So much appreciation for everything that he's done with us in the past. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Um, thanks for the intro. And yeah, I've uh, obviously followed you guys from the beginning. So it's uh, it's been great to watch this journey as you, uh, as you expand. Um, I, I'm very well, thank you. Just been chilling today played a few games and um just looking forward to the show and getting into the topics thanks for having me excellent we've got uh another good friend so every tuesday at the moment i've been streaming some games with chris and with this next fellow the dodge knight so dodge is a good friend in fact little story about dodge um the this fantastic g behind me sled coated and dodge put in the work and made that he sent it to me i live in a sleepy little village so i answered the door postman's there <laughs> With his, uh, with his parcel. He looks down at it and he says, I've got a package for... got a parcel for sexy Acer. And he's laughing <laughs> his head off and that is the day that I died. So thank you, Dodge, for that. Welcome back on to Go Live. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm uh, I'm, I'm surprised I'm back on here. Um, but yeah, no, that, that sign, you know you're a sexy Acer anyway. So it's... Um, yeah, no, that's nothing. But yeah, I'm all right. I'm just starting to make a bit of content again. Um, yeah, you you said that I want to jump on tonight. So yeah, with Fonz, obviously I talk to Fonz a lot. Chris, I've been playing with Chris a lot as well. Erica and yourself. So yeah, I'm uh, thankful you've invited me on, mate. Good, all good. Next up, we've got Erica. So when I was putting this show together without guys, I knew I needed people that have been on before that are easy to talk to. And every topic that we've oh. ever thrown at Erica... She's just taken it, run with it. I had loads of cool <laughs> stuff to say, so I'm really happy to have Erica back on for. I'm not sure if it's the third or the fourth time. How are you doing, Erica? I'm doing well. That that means a lot for you to think that about me. I'm easy to talk to. That's good. Uh, it's good to be here. I've I've been on a couple times, and I'm always I always have a good time. So I'm excited. Hello to the chat, and uh, let's get into it. Excellent. And yes, chat, if you are watching live, all of our panel members are keeping an eye on the chat. I'm doing my best to keep an eye on the chat. So ask questions, give opinions, make memes, and as Colt would say, be nice. Um, and last but not least, we have another good friend of the show. So Fonz is really popular in the community in general, really supportive guy. Um, we talk to him in the background on a regular basis. So it is great to have you here. How are you doing, Fonz? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I don't know where that race car is coming from, but one of you guys. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good to be here, man. Uh, yeah, good to be here without Gaz, of course, because um, screw Gaz. We don't need him. 
uh, Asa, you're the man. That's who people come here to see. So it's it's good to have you as host. That was entirely convincing. I definitely believe it. Um, we've got big topics. Loads has happened this week. Some things that are going to have potentially really big ramifications through the industry for and why we yet. Before we get into those, I love to talk about games. I love to talk about current games. I love to talk about what people are playing. So we'll go, uh, we'll go back up the other way. Fons, what have you been playing lately? Tell us about it. I've been playing this little indie game uh, lately called Blood Roots on Game Pass. It's a pretty mm-hmm. fun little title. Um, having fun with that. Played a few hours of that uh, just uh, earlier this morning. So that's um, that's the isometric one where you whiz around the level as yep. fast as you can, right? Yeah, awesome. yeah. You, you get different weapons and you kind of just kill people in different ways, and you gotta. It, 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 there's a little bit of puzzles in there too. You got to find how to get over certain things, and yeah, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Okay, pretty strong recommendation then. Pretty fun. Let's go. Let's go, Erica. Erica, I know you've been playing Doki Doki. Uh, how's that going? I have. I have. I've been streaming it. I'm not done yet. They say I'm about halfway. My chat is really enjoying it. Um, it's a trip. I guess they just put out the new version, which is like the plus version, and it has extra content. But I've only began to kind of see that, I guess, according to the chat. So I'm experiencing it for the first time. It's a trip. <laughs> I definitely won't uh, spoil anything, um, but it's 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 kind of crazy. Um, so I've been streaming that. I've also been playing Scarlet Nexus, which is a great game. Love that game. I'm almost done with that. Uh, and other than that, I've been kind of dabbling in The Sims. I've never played it before. Really? Um, yeah, The Sims 4 with the Steam sale, it was like 17 bucks with like a couple DLCs. It's like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Never did, never tried it. <laughs> I, I was really big into City Skylines. So I thought maybe oh, this okay. could be like another summer hit. I like to play these games in the summer. So, and so far, I, I like it. It's kind of addicting in a, in a way. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of everything. That's kind of my rotation right now. Uh, a lot of gaming going on over here for sure. <laughs> Those are three very different games, which is nice to hear. Um, yeah. So Doki Doki, I know, is if you don't know anything about it, you don't want to read anything about it. You, you play it mm-hmm. and it surprises you because the cover is like a weird, weird schoolgirls thing and it's quite occult and supernatural. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's definitely not what you expect. I had, there goes my cat. <laughs> I had. <laughs> theories at the beginning like oh maybe this is going to happen in this and then it's like completely different it's a visual novel it's a lot of reading um my cat really wants to say hi to everybody today (laughs) uh she's she's been helping me read as well it's it's one of those where i don't think i could do in one stream because there's just so much reading and um you know you kind of i have to split it up but yeah it's not what you expect definitely not awesome um Dodge, I know what you've been playing. You've been playing with my heart, but what else have you been playing this week or (laughs) this last couple of weeks? (laughs) Um, Right. uh, So, yeah, I've been playing Remnant from the Ashes. Uh, Chris suggested it, and um, I weren't too sure on it. Um, But, yeah, I love it. Like, it's um, it's a really good, like, sort of souls. It's kind of like a Dark Soulsy vibe, but it's got, like, the fighting mechanics of, like, Outriders, Gears of War, stuff like that. Um, been playing that. I've got the Outer Worlds. Um, I'm quite quite away through that now, nearly finishing up with that. Um, 
I, I know there's probably something else, but I'm trying to just basically, I think it's Tuesday that Death Store comes out, day one on Game Pass, and I'm trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to hopefully me and Chris will sort of sew up Remnant, and then uh, I want to just throw all my time into that game because I like the look of it. So, yeah, that's all I've been playing. So that's um, so Remnant. Uh, I've jumped in with Dives and Chris a couple of times. Erica mentioned before we got along here that she's been playing it or has played it in the past as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That's on Game Pass. That's a surprisingly good game. It's third-person co-op shooting. Uh, supposedly a little bit tough if you play on your own. Quite fine if you play oh, it co-op. Um, Outriders without all of the skills. Uh, Fonzie, you played it? Uh, Remnant? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I actually um, recommended that game to... A chat, a DM chat I was in with with Darge like over a year ago. I was playing that, so uh, it's got all. It's, it, I think it's got a sixty frames patch now, though. So it's yep. probably much better to play now. Yeah, it does. It does. So Remnant got um, it got his Series X enhancement patch. Um, I think you have to play it down at ten eighty p if you want the sixty frames per second, or you can keep the resolution up. Um, play it. At but 30. I was playing it like a loser, though, man. I was playing. I would. I was it's playing real. solo, and it's uh, it's, it's tough solo. Really hard on your on your own. Even like when Chris hasn't been on, I'll jump in to do a bit. And as soon as you get to one of the minor bosses, like you just get your ass handed to you. And it's like, no, it's definitely even me and Chris last night, just with the two of us. If we'd have had the third wheel there with us last night, we'd have got past certain bits. It's a good game. It's tough. It's a co-op one all day long. Yeah, it seems like quite a deep loot system as well. Go on, Erica. Do you guys typically play Souls-like games, or is this kind of your first? No, this is my first. Okay. Um, I, I, I beat Bloodborne years ago. Uh, I liked it. Um, tried Sekiro. I never played Souls, uh, the Soul series, but I played Sekiro and it kicked my ass. So I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty much done with so, uh, from software. Oh, yeah. Sekiro, yeah. Sekiro is definitely tough. But, but Remnant, it does kind of have like Souls like stuff so yeah. that's why i asked yeah it's, it's kind of it's kind of tough yeah i don't know i played um i played bloodborne a bit on the playstation 4 and i don't understand how people appreciate that kind of game on that hardware <laughs> if you give me a playstation oh. 5 version where you die and it loads and you go again i'm all over it but bloodborne yeah. you die and you go ah this is like compounding the frustration so much to wait for a loading <laughs> screen so I hope that that one does eventually get its patch. Um, Chris, what have you been up to? Um, so as we've, uh, as Dars you said, and, and yourself, yeah, we've been playing Remnant. Um, so me and Dars have finished the main From Ashes story, and then we've gone into DLC now. Um, and obviously we, we we got that kind of cockiness wheel up the level to like to kind of hard <laughs> or mm-hmm. the, the next level, whichever level we're on. And we we spent about forty five minutes trying to kill some boss last night before <laughs> we both just decided to kind of like bail and just like finish playing, go to bed. It was just too irritating. So um, yeah, we've got that to look forward to again. Uh, I've been cycling three or four games really. So obviously we played Sea of Thieves together, um, the kind of a pirate's tale, um, which was good, um, a bit frustrating at times, but um, you know, it was a decent experience. And then I've been playing NBA 2K21 uh, quite a bit with Dealer, and I've just I picked up a F1 20, uh, 2021 this week, so I've just been playing through the breaking point story mode of that. It would be 
remissions of me not to play F1, considering I've I kind of made F1 mm-hmm. games for, for eight or nine years myself. So. Fair enough. Um, I have a couple of people in the chat asking where Gaz is. I have a super chat from Gaz saying where he is. He's actually um, he's in the green room right now, completely naked, like he says. I said, Gaz, wow. I'll let you on the show if you renounce the console wars. And he couldn't do it. <laughs> he kept muttering something about Source. So he might be back next week. Now, Gaz is um, Gaz is busy this weekend. He's moving house, um, which takes up a lot of time. So he's not here. Oh, yeah. We're cracking on with the show we're going to have so many topics they're going to run from exciting to to rage inducing we're going to start with exciting we're going to talk about the stream stream deck the steam deck first problem there the name is too similar to stream deck Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about valve's steam deck um if you haven't seen it i'm sure most of you have seen it um valve have unleashed or revealed a machine that looks an awful lot oh that doesn't look good that looks an awful lot like um, a nintendo switch right off the back of um, disappointment in the lack of a Nintendo Switch Pro, and it is riding a wave of positivity and pre-orders. I know some people on this panel are interested, have got it. I will say, first of all, I'll say myself, um, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, Ace, did you manage to get one of the stream... (laughs) It's going to keep on happening forever. I hate this device. A lot of people come up and say, did you manage to get a Steam Deck? Assuming that I'm going to absolutely love it. Um... And no, I personally, I don't have much interest in it because I don't play anything portably anyway. I don't play anything on the go. So it's not particularly a device for me. I've got a PC for playing on the screen, but I can see the appeal for other people, including a certain Dodge Knight that I know has pre-ordered his. So what do you think of this this beastly little machine? I um, Obviously, I do a little bit of PC gaming. Um, when I saw it, and I saw like the hardware that was behind it, I... Yeah, I was like, kind of like, okay, take your stuff on the go. I didn't really deeper dive into the stuff until after I pre-ordered it, which was an absolute nightmare yesterday. I was in the midst of, I got my security code for my bank card put in there. It went through to working, crashed. And then when I went to reapply, like retry where it's in my cart, I kept getting a warning saying, you've tried to make too many purchases. Like, it was stuck. So I ended up emailing Steam support. Anyway, I ended up reserving it. And then I looked into it a bit more, and uh, I think it's going to be great. Like, I, I honestly don't think it's going to be like brilliant. It's you know, if you've got Steam, if you've got a Steam account, obviously you can hard, like install your games provided they're not online reliant all the time. Take them on the go, we are. Um, but also, like where I, so they said you're no more than me, but it's a Linux-based OS, and there's apparently a browser, a Chromium-based browser on there, so. The whole Xbox, Xcloud thing, whether whether or not they natively get in bed together, you know, Xbox and Valve, that you've always got the option to go to the browser and just go to the play.xbox browser page and stream that way. So I ordered it, part of me ordered it to see kind of if it was going to, like, if it was going to go mental and no one could get them, then obviously I had it. It only cost me £4 to deposit it. But I don't actually, the more I've watched videos on it and stuff, like the more I think I'll probably I'll probably sit on it. It'd be quite handy, you know, like traveling around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a fan um, of it. Everyone that is watching at the moment, if you have any particular questions about the Steam Deck, because uh, you've probably seen the reveal, you might not have dug into it too much. If you have any questions, throw them up. We'll either answer them ourselves or somebody else in the chat is bound to know about it. So get your questions in. Um Ones, portable gaming, Steam Deck, Switch Pro, 
do you have any preference? Do you have any taste of these things that you're you're into? Um, yeah, it's kind of silly because I do own two switches and I'd never use them because I'm not a big handheld gamer. So my kids use the switches, but uh, um, yeah, not a big handheld gamer. Uh, this doesn't appeal to me whatsoever, especially. You know, I'm not a Steam fan. Like, I don't have a Steam account. I don't play on PC. So, uh, you know, one of the things I will say, though, is that it's a neat device for those who are into handheld gaming. I mean, it totally crushes the Switch when it comes to power. So, I mean, you essentially have, like, basically like a PS4 with a way better CPU in your hand. And you're going to be able to do a lot more. Um, and, and that's cool. That's a cool factor there. But um, one thing I will say about it, criticize a bit, is I, I think the stick play, placement is horrible looking. It's way up there. Like, what's up with that? How is that going to, you know, feel in the hand? I don't know. When you guys get that, let me know, because that that doesn't look right to me. Yeah, I think guys from IGN, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think the guys from IGN on the hands-on had the same... Um, concerns but uh they said after five or ten minutes it's actually quite a comfortable placement and then you've got okay. the kind of touch pads that you can it's almost like a one-to-one mouse uh experience so they they were very concerned but um uh hugely surprised once they were kind of hands-on for <laughs> for a period of time yeah. The only I other say, criticism say, I have is cool. is uh, that the the name is horrible. <laughs> Steam Deck is a horrible name for it. It's, it's, it's it, I'm surprised at how little criticism the name has got. Um, in terms of oomph and power behind this thing, so Valve's engineers, um, it's an RDNA 2 little device, so it's joining that little family. It's 1.6 teraflops of power, which for reference, the, um, the Xbox Series S is about 4 and the Series X is about 12. But it is only putting out... Um, just over 720p as a resolution and Valve's engineers have come out and said that kind of pound for pound or power for pixel they consider it to be pretty close to a series x um, we'll see how it performs and how steam's games are optimized for it but it's packing a lot more oomph than a switch um oh, a lot i more. personally a yeah i personally have a switch <laughs> myself and I, i've never used it off of the dock i use it purely as a, a dock system because there are about three games on the switch that i, I wanted to play yep. um when I've played it, that's how I've done it too. It's on the dock. Yeah, so this thing, you can dock it, but it doesn't get, um, unlike the Switch dock, it doesn't get any extra oomph for it. It's just a PC that you'll be using that's that's intended for a low resolution. So how good an experience it will be depends on what you want to play. But Chris, did you manage to get a Steam Deck? Uh, I did, yeah. So I managed to, um, uh, like Dodge, I had a little bit of a pre-order nightmare, but um, unlike Dodge, I think, uh, and a lot of people, mine went through in kind of like five or ten minutes. But the only difference I was doing is I was doing it via the kind of um, you know the Steam Zone client. Um, and when I was when I first tried it on the browser, even though I've had Steam for like an infinite amount of years, I can't remember how long I've had a Steam account for. It was coming up with like an error code saying your Steam account is too young uh, or too, you know <laughs> it's not old enough or something. So a lot of people had that type of error. Um, but within the actual client, uh, it went through straight away. I had a bit of trouble trying to pay with PayPal, but when I play, uh, when I paid with Visa, <laughs> it, it kind of went straight through. Um, so yeah, it, it, it appeals to me really because I've got kind of a switch light, and a lot of people kind of you know uh, pull a face at me. But it, it, you know, it's, it, 
it's largely a handheld experience. So if I'm before the pandemic, I was kind of traveling a lot with work and so on and so forth. So it allowed me to kind of enjoy gaming in you know, a hotel or you know on a on a long journey and stuff. And I think one of the things that appeals to me is the fact that it's not kind of like uh, you know uh, agnostic to their own operating system, so you can install Windows on it. Um, so. That could it'd be interesting to see how kind of like native Game Pass runs uh, via kind of Windows and things like that. Um, and I think the docking feature. So Joe, you've almost got that kind of little portable <coughs> PC that you can play some games if you go away, Joe, hook up to a, a TV or a monitor, um, mouse and keyboard, and, and you've just got a nice little package that you can Joe, you can carry around. So it's a, it's a nice little bit of a device. I'll have a little play around with different operating systems because... I'm kind of I like doing that type of thing, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the kind of power of it and what it offers it's it's probably taken Nintendo by uh, surprise with the kind of OLED announcement of the next one of this big powerhouse gets announced. <laughs> and, and I think just one final thing is that I tend to play a lot of the kind of you know PC like indie games on my Switch, you know, you know that get kind of ported over mm-hmm. so. There'll be a lot of games that I'm playing on it, kind of indie type that would already be on Joe's Steam and things like that. So it's just a, a nice uh, option for me. There's uh, some some yeah. interesting points there because you're right. It's absolutely a good, it's an appealing dice for a tinkerer. So if you look, if you want to tinker, then you can. In terms of the dock, um, Valve will be selling a dock for it directly, but it's also got a USB-C port and it is just a PC. So any any kind of laptop dock that you're used to, you can plug in and use to, to use it with the TV, use it with your I don't know, your mouse and your keyboard or your Bluetooth steering wheel. Um, it's quite flexible in that. Got a super chat from Kea Santi who says, um, salute to the great panel. Indeed, um, I love this panel. It's a great time. Uh, it's been quoting me all week saying that it is a switch for grown-ups is a perfect description. Yeah, that is how I see it. Um, you can use it to emulate. The thing about it being a switch for grown-ups, that's quite interesting, actually. It leads a little bit onto something that um, Phil Spencer said in his interview was kind of funny. Um which we'll, we'll delve more into what Phil was saying a bit later on. But just this one little quote, he was asked about Nintendo. And he really specifically tears this device apart, potentially without realizing it. Um, you have to imagine that Phil would know that this is coming. So maybe it's completely innocent. But he said, um, essentially, Nintendo is the only company on the planet that can make a portable device that doesn't run on iOS or Android, that doesn't make phone calls and doesn't flop <laughs> completely. And then about two days later... A device wow. fitting that exact description is announced by Valve. So I don't know if there's a little bit you of tension there or if it's completely innocent. Um, Erica, Stream Deck. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's happened again. Stream, Stream Deck. Deck. Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rename it officially to something completely different just to make it easier for myself. If you're not aware, um, Elgato do a device that's very popular with streamers called a Stream yeah. Deck. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The naming is just, besides being know. bad, if you ignore that, it's just that's yeah. fine on the time. typed out. When I typed out for a, a future video, I put stream instead of steam, and then I had to, re, you know, fix it. So, yeah, it's it's an easy mistake. It's a dumb name. It's really dumb. It's an easy mistake that I've made 17 times within the space of half an hour. Um, Erica, portable gaming, is it is it a thing you're into? Yeah, yeah, I have a Switch. Uh, I do enjoy just kind of cozying up on the couch and just playing, you know, I, I'm not one of those that's like, oh, I'm going to take it to the, the doctor's office. And I don't really do that. I just sort of like use it around the house. I get in bed with it. I get, uh, you know, like I said, on the couch. And as my husband's watching a movie, I'll be playing a game. And 
it's kind of more of a comfort thing, you know, kind of lay around and play play on it. Uh, I do like it. I like portable gaming, so I'm excited for the Steam Deck. <laughs> that okay. name, though, I have to say, um, I was streaming the other day, and somebody in the chat asked me about what do I think about the Steam Deck. I thought they meant the Stream Deck because Elgato had just announced like new, uh, you know, new things: the camera, the the Stream Deck version two or whatever. So I go on, I start going on a ramble of like, oh yeah, Elgato this, Elgato that. I'm like, oh, you meant the Steam Deck. <laughs> so it's confusing. I've definitely made the mistake. It's one letter off. So, and I actually own a Stream Deck. So to me, it's like, it's it's tough. So I'm with you, Asa. I, I've been making that mistake too. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the name's that great. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it looks cool. I have a lot of games in my backlog on Steam, so I'm excited to get into those and actually finish some of those games. I'm excited for it, for sure. Oh, um, yeah. Like Fon said, in terms of comfort, I don't need to have a look at it. There's an awful lot of buttons on that thing. And if you ever held a Steam controller, I wouldn't feel too confident that it is going to be that comfortable. But hopefully, um, chat, if you are interested in the Steam Deck, if you pre-ordered one, give us a thumbs up. If you just don't want one, thumbs down. If you do want one and you've not managed to get one yet, then just use anything else, just so we can get a, a little a little idea of uh, of what's going on and what people are thinking of this thing. Also, while you're at it, smash the like button, share this out. It really does help an awful lot. i uh, got another super chat from Lord Roughness. says, Steam Deck is a nice-looking piece of kit. What puts him off is the, the sticks uh those sticks and two maybe it's the first of many handhelds to come out so lord roughness it is almost definitely the first of um of these devices to come out so when valve talk about it they speak of it as being a a kind of new pc device type and they encourage other manufacturers to to kind of get on board make their own versions of it and of course use steam os and get them on there uh, i thought there was one that was already out like a year or two years ago there was one that came out a handheld maybe not steam device but pc device yeah so there was one sorry so i was gonna just say there was one fairly recently but it just had absolutely terrible kind of um you know performance because of its battery like there was just quite a few problems with it um but yeah, I think a few people have been trying. I think Jez may have even, um, uh, or the guys on Windows Central may have even been looking at something, but I'm not sure whether it was just a kind of, um, whether it was like a Chinese device imported or something that you know wasn't te- you know, available in the West. So and you mentioned something there that uh, we haven't really even got into is the batteries. Uh, now, ba- mm-hmm. these handheld devices, is the reason, one of the biggest reasons I don't like them is that, you know, you're playing on battery when you're, you know, just or even if you're in your bed or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to me, they don't last long enough for gaming sessions. Especially, the Switch is, is no different. I mean doesn't last very long and uh, I, I can on only that assume one. that this thing if you push it with a power <laughs> ray tracing all that you may get an hour hour and a half who knows yeah even quoted um they quoted that you'll get about two hours if you're pushing it if you're playing yeah. portal um so portal 2 which is fairly old then you'll get four hours so yeah, yeah battery is going to be a concern if you want to take it out and about. Go on. Usually, when they tell you you're going to get two hours, count on an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get all of that two hours. Yeah, it, yeah. and that's just very poor, in my opinion. We got to do something about batteries in this 
you know, world, man. We got to have better batteries out there. There's got to <laughs> be another solution here. Yeah, yeah that's a new battery tech. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it could be an inconvenience. I've I've dealt with that with the switch. Um, even though there's like a you know something to plug in at the side of me, it's like there I got to yeah. grab the the charger, I got to yeah. plug it in, I got to get out of bed, or you know do what you got to do, and it's first world problems. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah, you do wish it was a little better. Oh. You know, it's it could always be better. So, and that's even one of the things people wanted from this you know Switch Pro in quotes, a longer battery for this mm-hmm. Switch version, and it doesn't look like we're getting it there either. So. <laughs> Uh, it it is what it is. It it could be better. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So that is the Steam Deck. We've seen a fair few thumbs up, a fair few thumbs down. Uh, RG Viper X has scalped nine of the things from the looks of things. So he's going to be a a rich rich person <laughs> once uh, once those are delivered. I think that might just be an enthusiastic thumbs up rather than I've got nine. But um, <laughs> yeah, Steam Deck isn't the only thing going on this week. So a more subtle bit of news. Uh, from Bloomberg, they leaked that Netflix have hired Mike Verdi, who uh, is a gaming guy. Um, Mike was in charge of EA Mobile and Facebook Gaming for a while. Netflix have hired him, and they seem to have a fairly firm intention to enter gaming in some capacity, uh, which is a big deal. So th- we've all spent a long time <laughs> looking at things like Game Pass and saying, oh, is this going to be the Netflix of gaming? Now, maybe Netflix wants to be the Netflix of gaming. So far, we know very little about the kinds of content that they're going to be delivering. So it could be uh, it could be very light content, very light gaming content along the lines of um, Black Mirror Bandersnaps, where you've got interactive options like what do you want this character mm-hmm. to do, to go left or to go right, to have a dramatic laser battle or do their taxes. Um, it's a future armor reference if you're old enough to catch them. Great program. <laughs> but <laughs> Netflix into gaming. Chris, where's it going? Um, well, I think I, th- I said this a few months back. I think gaming inevitably is moving into um, you know, a kind of streaming era. Not next year, not the next five years. You know, not necessarily the next you know decade, really. But I think it's it's approaching. So um, it you know it makes sense for Netflix to try and kind of move into it, monetize it slightly. And with you, I'm not sure um, what they're referring to in, in terms of the actual um content that's on there i'm hoping it's not suddenly just a wash with a load of kind of mobile games that you see converted to kind of tv services and stuff but i don't think it's a don't think it's quite that poor um but it'd be interesting to see whether they try to go it alone do they try to work with someone like sony to you know counter game pass do they try to work directly with microsoft to you know try and kind of bolster Game Pass or, you know, ride that wave a little bit. So I think it's an interesting concept. I think it's probably, you know, a bit early to, you know, a bit too early to speculate, as I say, what type of content's on there. But I think inevitably um, we are going to move into a period of streaming options for people, um, you know, if they want to consume games that way. It's quite interesting because you can consider um, I mean, there's been vague rumours that maybe they want to work with Sony and get the PlayStation catalogue on there and assume people have got a controller. Uh, probably yeah. you'd think Netflix is more likely to go the, the kind of lighter, more interactive gaming route, but time will mm-hmm. tell. The time frame, if they want to release something within 12 months, maybe they're looking at something that's that's pre-baked. But mm-hmm. you've got to think, if, they're, if Netflix are looking to enter a kind of different sector of gaming, be it mobile-like or lightly interactive or core gaming... The other players like Microsoft and Luna and Stadia 
are also going to be eyeing that other audience. So there is going to be some kind of conflict there. Dodge, who's going to win the uh, the streaming wars? Oh, mate. I, I, do you know what? I haven't really paid too much attention to this topic. And then I see the Sony link. And I mean, it was inevitable. Like, why wouldn't they dip their toes in the gaming industry, like, given the growth of it over the last 18 months, you know? But I see the Sony link thing. And, and then I thought, yeah, maybe they'll allow Sony's catalog onto netflix and that'd be their way in but then i thought why have sony done the deal with azure so it don't it don't really make sense but i mean look they, they're going to get into it like you say how they need to get development teams um that they need to go go through an acquisition process um of getting studios and stuff ready for it if they're going to make their own content um but i don't really know too much about it for like for me personally so who knows? We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Do you have Netflix? I don't know. I'll just quickly say, though, I don't know why Netflix, given the reach that it has, like, globally, I don't know why they'd only get in bed with one. Like, I, you know, like the data miners found the Sony with the end gaming thing in their, in their archives or whatever. I can't imagine Netflix wanting to just deal with one game development, you know, publisher. Um, yeah, that'd be dumb. But we'll see. I'm yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> Erica, you are a Netflix <laughs> viewer. Do you like the the um, the kind of lighter interactive? Uh, I don't know. Until Dawn, Telltale's kind of game decision making, guide the characters through choices. Is that a, a genre that you're into? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've had uh, interest in many of those games, like Telltale, um, Tales from the Borderlands, Walking Dead. I know Netflix, I think you mentioned it earlier, they had like those TV shows or something where you would choose which way, you know, the character's going to go. And then they would film, I guess, both choices and, and kind of have an ending to that, like the story. Those are kind of cool. Um, Until Dawn was the game I played as well. They're they're good, especially for streaming and things like that. Um, I'm not opposed to this. I mean, it's Netflix. It doesn't really surprise me. I feel like if anyone anybody was going to do it, it would be them. As far as like these, you know, HBOs and Paramounts and all this stuff, um, I don't know what else to really think about it. I mean, they got some uh, things like Stranger Things and and shows and movies that are exclusive to their platform. I think if they can bring games around those shows, I think that'd be kind of cool. I'm I'm open to it. I want to see where it goes. As far as like us going that direction with streaming. I think that is definitely happening. I mean, we're seeing it. It's happening. It's going to take uh, some time to really iron out, but uh, it's just kind of an in- inevitable. I've, I don't really like the idea of it because it, I know it has issues right now, but over time, I'm sure it'll get better as it goes. And if it's competition for these other ones and if they can up their game, like Microsoft specifically, I think they can be the ones to really push it forward. Um, that would be interesting to see because it's going there. So it's like they might as well co- compete and make each other better. That's where I'm kind of at, I think, with it. It's it's an interesting yeah. one because they have um, the Netflix obviously have like a really broad reach, a broad market that they can try and tap, but they don't have content. Yeah. Whereas Microsoft and Sony have got content and hopefully market as well. Um, Amazon are kind of similar to Netflix in that they have massive reach, but they don't have their own catalog of games. Amazon, Luna, and Google Stadia have both learned the hard way that it is difficult mm-hmm. to get that catalog in place. Um, Fons, what do you think of, of Netflix and these other streaming services? 
Um, you know, good luck is what I'll say, first of all, to Netflix. Um, I don't know in what capacity they're going to actually, you know, bring these games, what type of games or whatever they're going to bring out on Netflix. I know that they said they looked into the data and they saw some, you know, uh, Sony imagery or whatever they were talking about. Um, I, I personally feel that, you know, if they do partnership with Sony, um, which I think is a big, I think it's kind of a reach because that, that'd be pretty expensive. All right. Mm -hmm. Number one, Netflix has money for sure, but that'd be a pretty expensive venture. Um, If they did something like that, uh, look, I I wouldn't expect to see, say, Microsoft on Netflix then. Um, I think that would be solely just, you know, a partnership with uh, PlayStation. Um, I I don't see them, you know, coinciding on on the platform at all. but I think they're going to start slow, probably, with more interactive-type games, like you were talking about, Asa. I don't think they're going to come out and just be like, boom, PlayStation, right here on Netflix. Like, <laughs> that's kind of crazy, right? Because um, you got to talk about uh, controllers and things like that, and we haven't heard a peep about anything like that. So I, I think it's some ways away. We're not going to see anything on it, really, for at least another year or so. Um, they're they're probably, I mean, honestly, they're in, it's in its infancy right now. We're going to, it's going to be some time. Um, but I think they'll start slow and who knows, like I said, if they do partnership with Sony, don't expect Microsoft to be there as well. Mm-hmm. You would, um, you and, would think as well that if there was the opportunity to partner with Sony, I like, we're all talking with Netflix as this unknown who have just come out of nowhere in the last couple of weeks, you would have expected Google to be all over that. If the opportunity was there after Zenimax and everything else, you would have thought that Stadia would be literally the checkbook would be out if they were taking it seriously, so to speak. So it's weird, like like Fun said, it's it so early days that it could be nothing. And what was the trademark thing? End gaming or something like Netflix gaming. I'm trying to think in my head of IPs that Netflix have got, obviously, Stranger Things, and then I'm thinking, are they going to do, like, the Lucas approach of, like, leasing out the IPs for games to be made? And then that's the end gaming, so it's like a Netflix game Mm. developed by. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's just too early days, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it's kind of a snapshot of what's... Let me just grab these super chats. Yeah, Um, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So Harjeet says, unless Netflix is developing its own hardware, doesn't see how they have any credibility there. They don't have the cloud infrastructure. They aren't a large game dev. They will be at a disadvantage. I definitely don't see them making hardware. Hardware is not a particularly lucrative endeavor at the moment anyway. Um, but thank you for, for saying it. You're absolutely right. Expert, I assume this is someone that you know, Erica. Expert, uh, hot caramel, maybe, slowly drizzling. Maybe. This is this is you he's talking about. Um, <laughs> hot caramel slowly drizzling over a delicious souffle has nothing on Erica's buttery voice. By far the wow. smoothest voice in podcasting. And you're alongside Fonz right now, who I guess has the second smoothest voice hey, in podcasting. Do you have any response I, I to that? See, I always see that comment, uh, like comments like this about Erica. Yeah. I get a them voice. a lot. I do get them a lot. Thank you. Uh, that was Exberg. Thank you, Exberg. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do get that a lot. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I never Fonz, had it told to me. Say 
I, well, that I never had it told to me that way. Let me just say that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Bones. Oh, uh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. Go go to Chris. Chris, what, what's your thoughts on all this? Uh, I'm going to set it up a little bit then. Set it up a little bit. Yeah. Gaz style. So we've had Netflix <laughs> and they're doing whatever they're doing, right? So let's say, hypothetically, you're in control of Sony. The whole of the internet is telling you that you need to compete with Game Pass one way or another. You don't have a server infrastructure. We know that they've signed some kind of deal with Microsoft to use Azure for some Azure for some things. But if you're Sony and you're looking for services to partner with or building your own infrastructure, what's the correct approach? What do they do, Chris? Um, I think they do what they've done and approach Azure <laughs> or something like that. Um, no, I think, I mean, Sony have always... The the thing with Sony is they they always kind of like go it alone, um, and they tend to kind of there's a there's a two pronged approach with Sony. So all throughout kind of my time and all throughout kind of Sony's history, they will either play the kind of leading hand and they will you know, create something kind of epic and you know, almost like they've taken over that kind of third person you know, story driven genre and to the nth degree you know absolute polish great stories you know great gameplay etc um and then there's the other part of sony where they kind of let people try things first and then they follow um and they are and sometimes they follow and do something really well and sometimes they follow and, and get it slightly slightly wrong because they try and tamper with the you know the ingredients so to speak um and i think uh, i think fonz made a good point it's got to be really expensive for if if Netflix if this is driven by Netflix and they want to partner with Sony, that's a very expensive move. If Sony are looking at kind of um, attach rates and they're looking at the numbers that Netflix has, um, and then saying, okay, if we can bolt our gaming services onto that, it's a you know, it's a tremendous move. The trouble that they may have is you know, you've either got a kind of a netflix audience that is not into gaming so how do you sell the gaming experience to those not just look gaming's great etc but how do you sell you know the, you know the skill there's a skill element you know there's all of these elements to get into gaming there's a lot of people out there who think we're all kind of we sit in dark cellars and we're all kind of like a really you know seedy part of uh of you know this this gathering who play games and we don't get exercise and fresh air and stuff like that so you're gonna have to kind of convince those that you know gaming's actually a really kind of you know enjoyable experience you know you meet lots of friends you know it's uh, very sociable um and then you've got a, the other half who are already into gaming so you've then got to try and convert them from xbox or nintendo or um so I think the idea of kind of trying to attach to a huge audience, you know, uh, a huge set of audience numbers is a great idea. It saves them trying to kind of grow the the cloud or the stream-based uh, element. Um, but I think it's, um, it's a tricky one. It's not without its challenges, that's for sure. You have touched on some a couple of really interesting things there. Uh, right at the start of that, you were saying that Sony typically would opt to go it alone. And I think um, their partnership with Azure is effectively that. So they're, obviously they're not building the infrastructure, but they're partnering with Azure, not with Xbox, as opposed to a, a content partnership, as it were. So I think you're spot on with that. They are uh, going to do their own thing, whatever it may be. And you were also talking about um, 
the need to convince people that aren't into games that games are a valid form of entertainment, uh, not something to scoff at. That's a challenge that... I mean, I, I hope that the likes of Microsoft don't put too much energy into because I want proper games. I play games already and I want all of those studios to be making stuff for me. But it's a challenge that they're going to be trying to tackle to get to expand gaming. Phil's spoken about it. Phil Spencer's spoken about it over and over again. They want to expand gaming to more and more people. So... They're going to need to tailor some content there as well. Fonz, you were just about to go. Yeah, I was going to say, I think another thing too is like, why would they want to kind of, I don't know if this is the right term, but cannibalize their own PS Now. And, you know, like why would they want competition or, you know, to go against themselves in, mm -hmm. in a way? I, 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 it's really, that's why it's kind of, this is a far-reaching uh, uh thing here i don't think this is gonna necessarily i don't think sony and netflix are gonna partner i i don't see sony being that way you know they've got their own thing going they're they they've already you know kind of partnered with azure and they're they've got ps now why would they put their games on netflix hmm. I, yeah. I i just I think um the the time frame that they were talking about so some content appearing within 12 months i think it's fairly safe to say that that's going to be small scale we're not really going to feel it particularly but um, but netflix's long-term interest in that space we'll see how that plays out i want to move on to some of the things that phil spencer said so phil spencer sat down with kind of funny games um for their podcast spoke to them for i don't know <coughs> half an hour an hour and said some pretty interesting things um one of them that got a lot of attention a lot of people talking was his opinion on the dual sense controller essentially talking about the features of it so the haptic feedback and the resistance triggers and saying that maybe microsoft should be looking into that and seeing what they can do with their controllers uh chris you've got a playstation 5 haven't you what do you think of the dual sense and do microsoft need to be looking at those features i don't have one acer i have not been oh. fortunate enough to get oh, get hold of one i had a pre-order and i surrendered it to um a friend who was absolutely kind of desperate and trying everything to get hold of one so um i've i've kind of used one um briefly uh, out of friends but i don't have one yet so i'm trying to get hold of one myself but um i think uh, obviously i've seen the comments the uh, you know from my kind of experience and it depends on like the game um i think that you know, the haptic triggers have got some nice elements to it i think in certain games they get a little bit kind of frustrating or tedious um almost to the point where they feel a bit broken Joe, and, and some of the kind of uh, restriction is a bit too kind of restrictive so you, you end up turning that off but i think in other games um kind of like astro and stuff like that they're just sublime you know add to like a really um enhanced experience um yeah. and i'm not sure whether I think the thing with Phil is he's he's honest and seems to like appreciate you know other bits of tech and and what other people are doing, and he obviously suggested that they could look at you know, potentially what a series you know, a series three elite controller or something may have some of these elements that a dual sense has got in it, but I don't think it was kind of him definitively saying Joe you know, we'd love to kind of pinch that bit of tech or pinch this bit of tech. I think he was kind of genuinely saying this adds something you know to the experience it's a it's a good bit of hardware that kind of sony have uh, built um and i think obviously it'd be, it would be stupid for them to not kind of uh, you know have some uh, focus groups and see what gamers you know think of these kind of features and even stuff like 
I really like back of the PS4 days. I really like kind of the built-in mic. You know, when you play games like The Division and stuff like that, um, the kind of computer voice coming out of the controller and stuff rather than it coming out of the right. television. It's just a, a little level of immersion which feels really nice and surprisingly is noticeable when I play The Division on the Xbox. You know, uh, when I've when I've played through it with other friends and stuff. So. I like those type of things. Um, the little speaker, sorry, not microphone. Um, so I think it's I think it's an appreciation for what Sony have done. I think uh, in the right environment, the dual sensors it, you know, can be awesome. Um, and I think sometimes when it's not being supported correctly, or maybe it's being supported like half-assed, it's uh, you know, it can be a bit um, a bit frustrating at times. You know, the um, it's funny you mentioned the speaker on the controller. I. I used to play um, PlayStation 4 games. I had a, a quite nice high-end speaker setup, and it pained me when the controller started yeah. doing that. Like, I've got nice speakers. What are you doing <laughs> this for? Use them. Fonz, you got a PlayStation 5. Yeah. you got a PlayStation 5, Fonz. Tell me about DualSense. I turn off the speaker. I turn off the the, the haptic feedback. Like, I don't like my con- my controller fighting against me while I'm playing games. It's it's To me, it's a gimmick. I don't care for it. And I know that pisses a lot of PlayStation fans off to say, but I'm just being totally honest. I I don't like that kind of thing. My rumble sensitivity is turned down on the Xbox as well. It's just not, I don't know. It just doesn't add anything to me. I, I, I don't care for that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, as far as you know, him saying that uh, he might want to do something like DualSense with Xbox, I say more power to him if you want to do something like that options are good there's a lot of people out there who don't agree with me and i'm good with that so give them the option to get this kind of stuff that's you know good for them i i don't have a problem with that <laughs> you know fun so i um i get disabling the the resistance triggers i've been playing ratchet and clank yeah. and and they are a little bit annoying on that pretty much every weapon has this they're like, annoying on everything function. every game annoying. they're annoying on returnal but the haptic feedback how can you not want to feel I'm the not, rain in your hands feedback i'm well <laughs> It, I, I I misspoke. It's not the haptic feedback I turn off. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just don't like the, the resistance. Triggers. Yeah. yeah. But, um, the the haptic feedback though is just it's gimmicky too. Like I don't care. Oh, you feel the rain? No, I don't feel the rain. <laughs> I just feel rumble in the controller, man. Um, it's like that little video you made, uh, and you're like, "Ooh, it feels like a spaceship <laughs> or something." <laughs> it was yeah. hilarious. Asa. <laughs> But yeah, I was dying when you did that for Returnal. But yeah, <laughs> dual sense just it, I don't I don't really care for those sort of things. It's it is a gimmick at the end of the day for me. So um, I like the game, gameplay mechanics. You know, that's what I'm into. I don't, I don't care for these little gimmicks in the controller. But a lot of other people love it. So give them what they want. Give them the choice. Uh, there's nothing bad about that. Right, quick, a couple of super chats, and then we'll move over to to your take on America. But we've got Games Lord says in the left corner, Nintendo Switch versus Valve Contraption in the right order. Thank you for not calling it a Steam Deck. Um, fight, mm. Pika Pikachu, finish it. It's a me, Mario brutality. So I think I think, and I'm interpreting this liberally. <laughs> I think he's saying that he prefers the Switch to the Steam Deck. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but I appreciate it. Yeah said brutality um, i think at the end yes, right <laughs> yes um yeah. lord roughness another super chat from lord roughness thank you very much um corporate speak from phil he never says anything bad about nintendo or sony personally don't want gimmicks on the best pad i can understand mm-hmm. not 
not caring either way, but I wouldn't personally reject some extra functionality yeah. uh, unless it is going to compromise the, <laughs> the life of the controller. Um, Erica, PlayStation 4, do you have one? Do you, not 4, you know, the new one. PlayStation 5, five do you have five. one? Do you love the DualSense? Have you felt the resistance of a bow I, as you fire it? I do have one. <laughs> I have one right here. Um, you know what? It, it's interesting. Like, when I first got it and I played Astrobot, I played... Uh, you know, Miles Morales and then Returnal came along and I remember feeling like this is cool. You know, I like the it is a gimmick, but I do like it. I like the little rumble and like the subtleness. It's like you're, it feels like my character, if she's nervous, it's like the controller's kind of nervous. I like stuff like that. I think that could work for specific games. But you guys mentioned Ratchet and Clank. I did not like it on Ratchet and Clank. I actually turned it off. I've also been playing Scarlet Nexus on my PS5, turned everything off because that game's not really made for that. Um, it just can feel distracting. It feels like if there's resistance on like specific attacks and things like that, I'm trying to input these attacks. And if it's giving mm -hmm. me trouble, especially a game like Scarlet Nexus where combat is like very important, um, it, that's going to bother me and immediately. I'm like, nope, I'm turning this off. I am a huge fan of the Xbox controller. So when I read Phil's comments, I wasn't really like opposed to having maybe some kind of haptic in there. Maybe if they, they play with it a little bit where it makes sense, but I think the controller is fine the way it is. The only thing I want different with this, this controller, I keep looking at it cause I, I get resentful sometimes cause I'm a streamer. That controller is loud. The Xbox controller, the sticks are loud. I, I hear it all the time when I listen back to my streams. So if he could just make it quieter, I would be happy. And yeah, exactly. Like 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 the PlayStation controller. I think they got that down. It's a little more quiet. Maybe it is the resistance in there. Something with the sticks. I'm not really sure. But uh, the Xbox controller can get a little loud <laughs> so that's my only thing um i think phil and some people were saying in the comments like he's just it's pr talk he's giving compliments to playstation and and it could just be that um but i wouldn't be surprised if maybe they kind of do something of their own because they evolve in some way right it's going to mm -hmm. evolve in some way so you never know i just hope it's done right <laughs> if they do do it. yeah <laughs> Yeah. I, Don't force i've never it heard yeah <laughs> yeah I, i've never heard anyone complain about the noise of an Xbox controller, so that's a new one to me. Um, it's it's it's, a, it's a me thing. Yeah, well, I, when, yeah. When, when you're using all the buttons and stuff, the triggers, the analog sticks, it is loud. So I hear loud. it all the time in party chats. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah. fair enough. Um, so there we go, Phil. That's what you need to improve. Lubricate the controller, <laughs> make it silent for us. I just hope I don't ruin it for everyone because everyone's going to notice it now. Like when they listen to to people oh, playing games and stuff. It. Yeah, it's mm. true. Yeah, you, have, you have damaged yeah. the Xbox. Um, so for <laughs> me, the, the haptic feedback and the resistance triggers, um, the resistance triggers in particular were nice for Astrobot, which is the, the functionality or the gameplay is clearly built backwards from them. They said, we want to demonstrate what this trigger can do. And they do some nice things with it. There aren't many other games that feel good with it. But personally, I'm entirely convinced that both the triggers and the haptic feedback result from research into virtual reality where it's a lot more important that you can feel the world, the world around you. Um, so I am entirely convinced that they were researching the best way to, to feedback the world through a VR controller, and they took the features they liked and put them in the dual sense, um, which leads on to something else that Phil said, which is probably not a surprise to anyone that's been um, 
following his opinions on VR over the last couple of years, but he was asked if VR will be coming to Xbox, and he pretty much shut it down and said, no, we don't see an opportunity for Xbox there. Before I go on to, I'm going to go to you first, Fonz. Before I do that, just to say, um, people that are, Chris, you don't get a spanner. See, I'm reading chat, people that are in chat. um, We are reading it, we're keeping up with it. I'm spinning a lot of plates, so I can't directly respond to as much as I would like to, but I've seen, (laughs) shout out to Wandering Duck, I've seen um, some good comments there about the Netflix thing. reading as much as I can. Everyone on the panel is reading it too, so so keep it coming. Um, Xbox and VR in general. Uh, Chris, I know you've got a quest too, so we'll come to you in a second, but first, Fonz, what's your opinion on all of that mess? Uh, VR is not for me. Um, unfortunately, because I get motion sickness, I can't handle it. I've tried uh, Gear VR before for, for Samsung phones, and I immediately got sick. Like, it was just, no. No. Um, so motion sickness is a real thing for a lot of people out there. And unfortunately, they can't do VR, you know, so I'm in that camp. But I will say that uh, his objection towards VR, uh, it's probably a simple case of him not wanting to spend the R&D and, you know, create something that could be potentially an expensive unit to make for little sales. You know, let's face it, the, the genre is very niche. It really is when you look across the board, whether it be PC or or PlayStation, uh, VR units um, they sell, but they they don't sell like traditional consoles or traditional gaming. So it's it's just not there yet. Um, maybe in the future, but right now, I, I understand this point. For me, um, <clears throat> rather than the the R and D as such, Microsoft have already done quite a lot of research and development into it, and um, so. Windows Mixed Reality actually works pretty well on the PC. So I think if they had an appetite for it, they could bring that across. But I think it stands fairly fairly counter to their objective of Game Pass, which is all about accessibility and spreading and making it easy to play games. And VR is not easy to play games. It is a pain in the ass to set up and stick a thing on your face. Um, Chris, me, yeah. you are, at least to some extent, a fellow fan of VR. You've got a Quest 2. What do you think about all of this and VR in general and where it's going? or not yeah so i i do uh, i do enjoy um the vr experience i understand what fonds are saying about motion sickness but i think that that has genuinely kind of improved as as refresh rates have, have increased um and you, you you get more of that kind of like one-to-one movement to, to what's happening on the screen um you you do unfortunately have to kind of find your vr sea legs so to speak um so yeah. i think once you've played for a, you know, a good couple of weeks, Joe, you, know, you start to kind of get past that. But as Joe, uh, you know, to echo what Ace was saying there, that's not kind of what Xbox is about in terms of like you know allowing people to to kind of get into gaming and things. Um, so obviously having that kind of you know, two or three week period, and then obviously there are just some people who won't get past that. You know, they they get seasick, they get travel sick, and and VR is not for them. Um, the the one thing I would say is I don't think it would be it wouldn't be kind of insurmountable or too much work for Xbox. So, you know, we know they've got a good relationship with with Valve and and you know and uh, HP and other partners. I don't think it would be you know, insurmountable for them to kind of partner or allow third party support. I think the Series X has got enough power you know, to give a decent VR experience if they wanted to to, to create a you know, a VR kind of channel, so to speak, or a number of uh, experiences. You know, they may 
it, they could perfectly introduce it for something like Flight Sim or or you know a game of that kind of ilk. But um, Flight Sims are you know, really kind of you know, sick, VR sickness inducing until you get used to those. Um, so that could be a bit hard to take. I think I think it's one of those where you know, those into VR love the experiences. I think the other thing as well is you need a good chunk of room. So you know you need to make sure you've got a large playing space and. And things like that and i guess not everyone has the perfect kind of setup so you've got a number of barriers to entry um i, I don't I, yeah i'm not sure i don't think he sees the uh a, you know, a big enough kind of audience immediately i think they will always keep an eye on vr i think they could support their party hardware should they wish um i enjoy vr i enjoy some of the multi you know the multiplayer co-op games i've even got Kind of uh, the the VR uh, the Pro Tube, you know, for for shoot 'em ups and stuff mm-hmm. on VR, and that kind of experience is unlike no other. You know, when you've got your controllers like kind of fitted into a physical frame, which feels like a one-to-one weapon, or so on and so forth, and you're kind of leaning in real life around corners and and, and things like that. There's just something, you know, something about that. You know, there's three or four of us that that play. Um, Joe onwards and, and a couple of those games um and that experience is awesome um but there is a bit of investment needed to kind of get past that sickness get the the right setup space and and so on and so forth so i can see why they would probably score it um quite high on the effort you know mm-hmm. on the effort kind of column the um it's the VR sickness thing is obviously a good point. And much as I applaud the likes of Samsung and Sony as well for getting in on VR early, I do find those kind of entry level devices from a few years ago were probably going to do more harm than good in terms of VR sickness, um, including the PlayStation VR. Uh, they, I, I can't yeah. stomach those. I will say, so I use the um, HP Reverb G2, which is a Microsoft Windows mixed reality device, yeah. and the screen on that thing. If you tried VR a few years ago and then you try it today, it's a night and day difference. It's not far off of looking at a TV in terms of the resolution and the detail. So playing Half-Life Alex on it is absolutely incredible. And I had a sort of conversation, um, Dodge was in on this the other day, um, people arguing about the old, um, what's better for a first-person shooter, like a control pad or a keyboard and mouse, obviously a keyboard and mouse, but they were having a conversation like, what do you prefer <laughs> to use? Which one feels more like aiming a weapon? I'm like, it's VR, you point the gun and you shoot it. It's incredible. And I hope that it gets there one day. Um, Dodge, I know you're going to be short and sharp on this, so I'll go to you next. VR, you love it, right? Um, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to le- like sort of bring in the question you've missed me on in the last one with the controller stuff. So <laughs> oh, in regards yeah. to Phil, but I'm yeah. not going to give you shit for that because you've got a lot <laughs> on your plate. Yeah, so I'll allow that and I'll do it myself. Appreciate that, Dodge. But it feels... If, <laughs> it feels <laughs> Hyping up the haptics and all that gear on the dual sense, yeah. It shows you just how niche VR is that it just flatline comes out and goes, No, like when the haptic stuff happened in the dual sense, there was like um like a survey going around saying, Would you like Xbox to implement these features and stuff like that? So they were listening, you know, to that stuff. And again, going back to the controllers, I have played that Astros playroom or whatever. It is good, but if you give people the option and they can just turn it off, so be it. Do you know what I mean? But I think they should put that in the next Elite controller. But then going into VR... Ooh, gatekeeping must... for the money, Pat. You, you want to gatekeep it to the people with money? 
I just think that, <laughs> well, I mean, how are they going to bring out another controller? Not unless, I, I mean, do they do like a refresh of a, just a standard controller? Or is it just you last know, generation? I would guess it would be like, um, do you remember the PlayStation 3 controller came out as a six axis with no rumble? And then they settled their lawsuit and I mean, said, maybe, actually, yeah, rumble is maybe, good and just stuck, stuck it in the new ones. Well, maybe maybe they could do that. But again, it's an option. Like, Xbox are proving they're all about options to a degree. So I know you love it, Asar, but VR must be like a, a gnat on an elephant's ass in the grand <laughs> scheme of things because he's just coming out and going, no. And you know, if VR takes off, yeah, Microsoft lift, literally have to write a couple of checks and do a couple of things, and they're in like that. So... You know, if he's if he's if he's writing it off, he's he's writing it off for a reason. But as you say, the door's never fully closed. It's just um it's just yeah, it's just a small niche thing, you know. Yeah, I struggle I with I actual struggle with reality on the whole, let alone <laughs> virtual reality. <laughs> so I would never touch a VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never say never, but but yeah, um, personally, I love it best by. And Erica, have you had much experience with VR? No, I was actually going to tell you guys, I've never tried it. And the reason is because I, like Fonz, I suffer from motion sickness. I get it on like first person uh, campaigns. I, I get it with that and like role playing games and stuff. So... I always just assume I am not going to do well on VR. So I kind of stay away. I actually really haven't had the chance to try it outside of like conventions and stuff. Um, I don't know anybody with it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I, to me personally, obviously I could do without it. If Microsoft never did it, I would not complain. Um, but if they did dabble in it, I think if they just keep it in its own space, don't take away from, the other games that I want to play, I'm good. I really have no complaints or anything. But yeah, it's just one of those things where I can't, I, mm. I just know I can't stomach it. But if it ever gets to the point where, I mean, you guys said it did improve over the years. If I get a chance to try it, I would like to know for sure <laughs> if I just cannot do it. But yeah, I, I, if I had to guess, it's I, I stay away. I, I have to <laughs> I have, stay um, away. I have to disagree with Christopher Hart in the chat. He said devs have now figured out how to eliminate motion sickness. I don't believe that's true only because I've played some. Mm -hmm. There are some first person games that I cannot play. I get motion sickness on like uh, Mirror's Edge, even mm -hmm. at 60 frames. I can't do it. Um, there are some other games, too, that I, I just I don't do well. So, yeah, I'm you with know. you on that. So, I'm the same way. Yeah. Motion sickness. I actually um I'm really bad with it. This is why I don't really touch portable gaming. The only place where I would do portable gaming would be on a train journey or something like that. And the second I look at any kind of screen, like if, if anybody messages yep. me while I'm on a train, if you read yeah. it, you're gonna, if like you're killing me. Don't don't send me messages because I will read it mm -hmm. and I'll feel sick for the rest of the journey. So VR was a struggle for me, but um, I will say it does depend on the games. And the reason that I said that the entry level ones, like the PlayStation VR and the Gear ones and things like that, are probably going to throw a lot of people off is because um because of limitations like the position of the camera for the playstation vr you have to decouple movement from from life for them to work and that's where the sickness comes in so as soon as you're using sticks or controls to turn around it's instant vomit but if you've got a higher end setup that lets you just move around more freely i, I don't actually suffer i'm fine as long as the as long as the refresh rate is high enough everything's clear and i don't need to like walk forwards with a d-pad which is a difficult problem to solve 
But mm. as soon as that's the case, I'm absolutely fine. I will say, personally, I expect the PlayStation VR 2 to be a fantastic device when it comes out. Doesn't mean it's going to sell amazingly because VR still has challenges, but I think it's going to be incredible. And I will say, I hold Phil Spencer personally responsible for destroying VR. So I don't. It's, like, it's not Phil Spencer's <laughs> responsibility to um, to push VR, but um, part of it. The collateral damage of Xbox's studio acquisitions is felt for people that like VR because the studios that Xbox have acquired, Bethesda for one, they've done incredible VR games and were still doing VR games up to the point that they were acquired. They just released Doom 3 on the PlayStation VR. Um, In Exile did the Mage's Tale VR. Um, Ninja Theory did Hellblade VR. When Microsoft Hoover up these studios, their VR pipeline is closed. And that is the only Mm. thing in terms of acquisitions it's, it's like, oh, Microsoft have acquired a studio. That's fantastic. Their games are going on Game Pass, but their VR games are dead. So I, I'm sad about that, but that's VR. I know it's not got a huge following, so we'll, we'll move on and we'll get a bit of rage going because what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in a little conversation about EA's next-gen upgrade paths for FIFA 22 and Madden 22. And I'm going to ask Fonz. Fonz, $100 is fair, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's amazingly fair. I, I'm I'm so glad they've become they've come to their senses and now they're pro consumer. EA is amazing. You know, just as they were becoming like, not that they were becoming a great at uh, you know making good on you know games and and because I mean look at the situation. So they started to give us single player games with no microtransactions, and so we were like, good on EA. They're doing good, right? But they're still the devil, people, because they come out with shenanigans like this, like $100 for next-gen features? What is going on with these companies? Like, I, I just don't know anymore, man. I, I'm blown away at the fact that people will even pay for it, honestly. Um, look, look, I'm not telling you not to. Do what you will with your money. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's crazy to spend that amount on one game. You know, I think it's crazy to spend 70 on one game, let alone $100 for next-gen features. What, what, what's going on? Like, what, what's in these games? Is, is it crack? Is, is something, like, really, uh, do people have to, like, buy these games? Is that why they're willing to pay $100? Like, I, I just don't understand. It's crazy. <laughs> So for, for people watching that, that may or may not be aware of it. So at a time when Sony and various other publishers um, are under fire for charging 10 extra dollars for next-gen versions of their games, EA have casually declared very bravely that if you want to get FIFA 22 or Madden 22 and you want that cross-gen upgrade, the only path that they're going to give you is uh, is the ultimate edition of those games, which will set you back $100. I've not even looked at what that is in the, in the UK. Um, it's not going to be cheap. Uh, and, and not only their, that, Asa, are they still using assets from 2019 in these games? Because well, they have in the last few years. It's, a, it's an interesting one. I'm glad you said that. So in their slight, slight, slight defense, and it's not a defense because they've, they've totally shot themselves in the foot here, but um, what they have done with these games is they have developed proper next-gen versions. So there's a there's a separate controversy if you're into PC gaming. Um, you can't get the next-gen version on PC. You get the previous-gen version. It's, so it's not the case that this is a an entirely scalable game. What EA have done is they've 
invested in the next gen version properly but then rather than saying hey this investment was worth it we're going to use this for the next five ten years in the way that ea do they said hey hundred dollars that's fair these are two separate games and the messaging is awful and the response is exactly what you'd expect and i don't know who at ea thought it would go any differently but josh do you like fifa are you gonna spend a hundred dollars on it I was just going to say all that really lovely talk you were saying. I was just going to jump in and just say that's all bollocks because I've been playing FIFA since what? Since I was about 10 or 11. Yeah. And of the last 10 years, something like that, that game is always the same. And EA will come out with some term like Volta Football. Oh, we're bringing this next gen AI. FIFA is FIFA. Yeah, and like Fon said, <clears throat> I did a video on it. Then putting the next gen patches behind behind the ultimate and the gold versions is purely most people buying FIFA will be parents. A lot of people are still waiting on next gen hardware. Yeah, so their kid wants the new issue of FIFA when it comes out. Mum goes and gets it for PS4 or Xbox One. Yeah, she'll just get the standard version. And then what will happen is when she can get the next-gen console for him, they will have to buy the game again at full price because mm. EA ain't offering. Look, the game, like, you talk like it ain't the biggest gaming franchise in gaming. Like, it is, it, FIFA is massive globally. It's huge game. You're telling me, EA, and like Fon said, after making single-player games, yeah, like um, Jedi, yeah, and then like with Mass Effect remastered, they're doing good things. And like you say, you think all the time. And then they gate like they, they've just monetized Madden and FIFA because they know I was I was a victim of it in the ultimate team mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You pump all that money in, nothing ever changes year on year. They <laughs> should be able to roll your money over to the next game, but they don't. It's a clean slate every time. And everyone keeps going back, just keep pumping their money. So why? It's no su- surprise that they're doing it. But it's. Um, I didn't buy FIFA last year. I bought it. It was the first time I hadn't bought it on console, and I bought it on PC because it was dirt cheap, and I played it for about an hour, and that was it. And I won't be bothering again because it's just greed, you know. But yeah, that's uh, that's EA. I think they're starting to like all of these companies that are charging for next gen upgrades. Uh, they they want to um, just hit it home to gamers and, and try to convince them that next gen upgrades uh, are you know something special. You're gonna have to pay for this. You know what I'm mm. saying? And you know in, in in a day and age where you can go on online, see their financial reports. You see it reported uh, all the time. Every quarter, their financial reports are recorded, and they're making money hand over fist. Uh, in fact, right now, EA is, I mean, their, their last um, quarter, they've doubled what they made the year prior. Like, when are we going to, like, stand up as gamers and say, yo, you guys are just, you know, charging us a little too much here. Relax. I mean, because let's face it, these FIFA games and, and Madden games, they've still got all the microtransactions in there, right? That everybody's buying. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's billions of dollars right there alone. Why are we even bothering? Like, you can't know. expect you can't expect like without saying or doing something. EA are not going to EA are not just going to wake up one morning and go all that money we're earning. Let's just stop that. 
Like the only way they stop it is by boycotting. No, and I know, and 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 gaming fans aren't going to do that. No, exactly not. Like we had that with Battlefield as well. No, but we had that with Battlefield just quickly. People's attitude with Battlefield with no campaign, and as quick as they bought it for seventy dollars, they had to then buy the Battle Pass on top of that. Yeah, to get all unlock all the content. People's answers back to that. It's a modern setting Battlefield. I don't care. So people just don't care. Like they'll just get, you know what I mean? And, and that, that's why they earn the money, you know. But that's yeah, it. That's true. That's true. I'm I'm, right. I'm guilty with the Battlefield yeah. one. We all are. I'm guilty with that. We yeah. all are. <laughs> We're all guilty, I think, somewhere. And <laughs> it's there's always that one game. It's like, well, if I want to play it, I gotta, you know, if you really, really want to play it, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's why I'm staying away from everything that's over $60. Um, that's my limit. That's what I'm paying for a game. And if it's over 60 bucks, I'll wait for a sale. And I'm I'm sticking to it. And I have stuck to it. I wanted to play Ratchet. I haven't because it's 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I get it on sale, I'll play it. You know, that's the way I'm going to do with every game going forward. I, they're taking too much money from me already. Uh, and, and I hate to say it this way, but Game Pass has kind of uh, made me a cheap guy. A cheap gamer, right? <laughs> the fact that I can play all those games and, and you know, spend so very little a month, me and my son, game sharing, game pass sharing, it's just, it's amazing. I, I PlayStation, please do that with PS Now. Day one games, because I would be on board with that day one. It'd that'd be, be amazing. That'd be amazing. I'd be so happy if we got that announcement. That's what I want so bad. If Netflix so, doesn't get their games day one, I may be streaming their games. <laughs> Who knows? Netflix getting PlayStation games day one. Yeah. Um, the thing with so the thing that I find funny about EA with FIFA and Madden is um, is they they really have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. They could have gone the easy option. They could have said, right, this is FIFA twenty two on Xbox Series X and PlayStation five. You've got spatial sound and a slightly higher resolution, and the lighting's a bit better. Done. Cross gen. People are happy. They've put the extra effort in. They've made a proper next-gen version, and they should have been lauded for it. But then they just they just said, ah, I hate my own feet. And they just started shooting away, like bang, 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 bang. Mm. And they just look stupid. And the response was so predictable, and I don't understand why they'd do it. They, NBA, they're going to use... Uh, NBA did it last year, though, didn't they? 2K21 was like... that was the uh, It was the Kobe Bryant, when it? The Black Mamba. Mm-hmm edition with the net which i own the next gen version like chris does as well and i mean i'm playing it on the series s but i've seen footage of series x it is a different game it looks well, a lot better a different game yeah. but nba did the um oh, it's not uh, uh who is it uh 2k they did exactly 2K, yeah. the same thing again they put it behind the premium editions of the game major play which i made a video on a year ago and it bombed because no one cared about it <laughs> but um yeah, it's just uh, it's just a shitty move, basically, with big IPs and licenses. It is, it is, it is, and I uh, like you can sit on the outside and say like clearly you're going to milk the work that you've done. So you, you can't defend it. I, I'm capable of defending anything, but you can't defend this reasonably because you can say they've put the effort into these next gen versions and they, they need to get paid for it. It's only fair, but that's not true because you know full well they're going to milk the work that they've done for the next decade. Why wasn't that enough? But that's just yeah. that's just EA. Mm-hmm. So what can you say? Um, we got a super chat. Oh, it's, it's one fifth of a FIFA Ultimate Edition. That is very generous. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> what's your guys' thoughts on Jim Ryan's quote that people don't remember K games? So Jim Ryan, um, I think he 
I'm assuming that's okay games. Jim Ryan came out and said, like, PlayStation oh. bangers matter. People don't remember games that, that aren't your, like, 90-plus Metacritics that aren't these these big cinematic ones. Um, I'll pass that around. Volunteer, who's got who's got an opinion on that? Do you oh, remember well. any games that didn't get 95 on Metacritic? Go on, Dan. My, my opinion on that is if Jim Ryan had a load of okay games, it'd be sound different, wouldn't it? So what do you expect him to say? Like, he's going to load up the games that he's got. Fonz? Mm-hmm. Fonz was throat. Oh, he's back. Hey, he's like froze <laughs> moments. Like, yeah, no, at the end of the day, it's no surprise. Obviously, you, like, you, you flunk what you got. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but that is bollocks, because there's a load of okay games that I've played. Um, but yeah, that ain't, that ain't no surprise. I mean, Jim Ryan's just just a meme at, at the minute. Fonz is uh, good friends with him, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's um, he's just saying all sorts of stuff at the minute. But it's you know, I guess he's well, the God of War stuff came out, didn't it? That it might not even be next year or some shit. It's just like, what do you expect the geezer to say? Like, the games are bangers, their first party games are bangers. He's not going to say anything different until they have an okay game, and then it'll be Those different. Comments. That's very. They've true. had okay games, but Erica, you must have some games that 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 are okay games that you remember, right? Of course. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think what I would determine as an okay game. I think I don't know. I guess are we talking Metacritic? Is that where he's kind of leaning towards? I think that's what he was alluding to. Yeah, yeah. So like the yeah. '80s and and '70s games. Um, yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, I remember things about them. And and there's games in the '80s that I know I've loved a lot. So yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with Darge. I feel like he he's just gloating because he's got them. It'd be the same thing if if Phil Spencer. And if Xbox had, you know, quote unquote bangers right now, mm-hmm. he'd probably be saying the same thing, you know, and it, it's it, it kind of is what it is. And when they don't have it, it, they they focus on something they do have and Indies. then they kind of push it to the forefront. And it's like PR talk. And, and you know, this is so actually the first I'm hearing about this. Huh? I, I actually think that, that Phil Spencer. So Phil Spencer has a silver tongue and he never says the wrong thing. And I think Phil Spencer would appreciate yeah. that 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 98% yeah. of the games on his platform are okay games. And that everyone, everyone has some games that are in their top 10, their favorite games ever that were okay games. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an outrageous thing to say, like just ridiculously silly. But what do you think, Fonz? Oh, I agree with what they've said. You know, there's I, really I can't really add much more to it other than to say that you know I've I, I've I've loved a lot of okay games in the past. Uh, objective, you know, objectively, when people would uh, you know, if you look at Metacritic, there's been games where you know I've played that I thought were great games in the '70s, and you know, it, people in general say, oh, if it hits the '70s, it's garbage. Like, I, I hate Metacritic. <laughs> in yeah. general but oh. um yeah i think jim you know he's one of those guys that i think should talk less um i i i, I think 100%. They, i i think that you know he puts his foot in his mouth a lot and i think that you know sony would do better with somebody else like honestly i maybe he's very business minded and he's doing well there obviously they're selling you know still you know the consoles the games all that but I really miss Sean Layden, to be honest. I thought he was a way better spokesperson for the company. Mm-hmm. Chris. 
You've made some yes. okay games. How does it feel? <laughs> All of my games have been bangers, Asa. How do you? <laughs> <laughs> I have. So, um, yeah, it's uh, like I, no disrespect and, you know, no personal hatred to, towards Jim Ryan, but um, I would swap him and Herman around uh, tomorrow. Um if you know, if I could, and I think Jim is a finance person, and he's absolutely the wrong person to be talking about games. So all the way back, you know, over a decade ago when I was at Sony, and we used to have these kind of summer conventions um, where all the employees would go away, and obviously uh, there'd be presentations about kind of what Sony are trying to drive for and stuff like that. And there was a big percentage of them that were really interesting about kind of trying to break new boundaries in hardware and so on and so forth. But you would get kind of Jim on stage who would try and like persuade like these hundreds of people who already work for the business that it's like a great business to work for and and so on and so forth. But he would just get bar charts and numbers charts and all of this kind of stuff up. And there was this kind of ongoing kind of period where there was there was kind of massive disparity in kind of salaries within Sony. So um, people in QA were kind of not really um, getting kind of deserved salaries and, and, and some devs were not getting kind of industry salaries and so on and so forth. Um, but it was all met with, you know, but you work for Sony. So it's, it, you know, that's the positive. That's the good thing. You know, that's the reason why you should be happy with what you're getting paid because this is Sony and stuff. Um, and, and Jim's mentality, he's he's the perfect person for the board to appoint and say, we need to find new and different ways of making money. So we can make money. But And this is why, you know, he will be behind games going onto PC and all of these things that kind of Sony gamers don't want by the way i'm not opposed to sony games going on pc i think they should i think more people mm. should have the yeah. ability to play games where they want um but this kind of metacritic it was around when i was there so but the problem is is it's increased and it's increased to a level which is just kind of ludicrous now so when i was there we would target like a metacritic or a critic score of kind of 70 or above would be a success and that would tick a load of criteria and say we'll look at a sequel and we'll or we'll look at kind of a spin-off or this that the other and as we move through the years it slowly rose to kind of 75 then 80 and and i get kind of you know let's increase the you know let's increase the um you know the look and feel the the, the quality in certain areas and things so i think that's a good thing to aim for but it, the, this criteria went up to kind of 80 85 90 not many people, not many devs, talented devs all over the world create 90 Metacritic games, you know, uh, time and time again. And, and and the thing that I would pick up is, you know, Days Gone, which is one of those games where I think it was kind of, I think it ended up being like 74 or 70, 70 something, 72 to 74. Um, it's, you know, outright hasn't got a sequel. Obviously, Bend are working on something else instead. Um, but that went over to PC, and you look mm. at the Steam scores, you look at how that's being received, how it's sold on PC, um, and that's an okay game by his Th- That's one of those games that I actually loved. I love yeah. playing that. Thing. Yeah. That's why it's about, said- though. That's why I met a critic's crap, is because we've all got difference of opinions. Like, yeah. So yeah, if, you're, if you're watching a, a group of reviewers 
and they've all got a similar taste. So that game, the Sony game, for example, the third-person story-driven is their flavour, and it rates really well, but it's not your flavour because you like an RPG, first-person perspective, but they trash those games. That's what I'm saying. You've got to make your own mind up. You need to stop. Like, Metacritic is a weapon in the social space for people to justify certain things. But Sea mm-hmm. of Thieves, Chris, I go back to it, yeah? And I'm not going to be the Sea of Thieves guy. But the time <laughs> that are. we played, and with Acer, <laughs> we had Acer laughing. You Games like that are different. You make your own fun, and then you get your own enjoyment out of it. That game's at like a, what, 72? Or something like that. It's in like a really low 70. So in mm-hmm. hindsight today, people go, that game's trash. But you like it's it's all different perspective. Like that's why I hate Metacritic. You know, so, so like Gaz tells me I hate Metacritic because Xbox games do badly. You know, but it's it's uh, just well, in general. It's especially you know, Darge, when I'm hearing more and more about you know these quote unquote professional journalists, reviewers, game reviewers that play yeah. these games on easy and sometimes yeah. don't even finish them and still review them. Mm. That to yeah. me is just insane. But that's down to the because I said I think I said it to you, Chris. It should be, and guys as well, it should be a criteria with these game, like these game devs who are sending their product out for a fair assessment. They should mm-hmm. be saying for the best experience of this of our game to get the true experience, you've got to play it on regular difficulty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that easiest. So you're skimming through, you're missing everything because you're just streamlining through quick. You're not getting a fair representation of their product. How can you score it correctly? Yeah, there's yeah. a reason, isn't there, why you know, certain game devs will have Joe, regular or normal, with a little side quote saying how the developer intended the game to be played. You know, the hard levels are for those people who have played the game how the devs intended, but then want to play through again with the extra challenge and so on and so forth. I mean, we when we made like Wipeout and Formula One, we you know, in the day I was kind of you know, setting the fastest laps in in. Um, in the office and we do loads of multiplayer tests and so on and so forth. And I set up kind of the AI in the races and I took the AI to a level where I found it difficult to, to, to win or difficult to beat. And there was people out there when we launched the game said like the hardest difficulty level was still too easy for them. And it was the same with Wipeout. You know, we had this kind of developer called Zico who worked with us and one of the achievements was uh, beat Zico because he set this kind of like ridiculous time on uh, one of the levels. I can't remember what level it was, sadly. Um, but there were people out there who kind of smashed that, and there was like one percent of people, one or two percent in Sony, who could beat his time. Mm-hmm. Yet there was kind of hundreds, if not thousands, of people out there who who kind of you know, could beat it. So there's always someone out there who kind of understands the game or gets into a zone that's kind of beyond how developers and that's where the kind of nightmare difficulties and so on come from um but yeah these people should be playing it at, at that as the devs intended so you at least get that kind of enjoyable experience and then i appreciate whether it's someone new to games or it's a younger player or something like that then absolutely allow them to knock it back to easy or you know a, a, a difficulty so they can at least enjoy the game well, yeah, what, Chris, what does it tell you when, a, uh, say, a game reviewer is playing a game and they're telling you things like, well, you know, we don't have much time to play through the games, so mm-hmm. that's why we do this or that or we don't finish it. It's like that that tells me that you're not really 
getting the full scope of the game. If you're if you don't have much time to finish the game and you're making all these excuses on why you didn't finish, you really are just trying to beeline through a game for a review sake, for a click sake. That's why I don't trust many of these you know, journalists reviewing games. Um, That's why I like going to YouTube and and seeing from my peers and stuff, what they're doing, what they're playing, their game reviews, what they feel about it, you know, going, going to Erica's channel and hearing her thoughts on it. You know, it's much, we're much better off listening to people like that than, Mm -hmm. you know, professional game reviewers. So in conclusion, go on. uh, I was just going to say, last thing on this, go, go, go. That is kind of the thing with the journalists. Like they lean on the fact that like we don't have a lot of time, which is true. Sometimes these yeah. companies send their games late and things like that. But maybe just, you know, do a review in progress, do a first impressions, do yeah. something that's more fair. But you know, it's 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 about clicks at the end of the day. Like Fonz, you're you're spot on yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rope it back in. That's a we're, we're touching on a big topic there that we weren't going to yeah, too much yeah, today. We, we um, yeah, we kind yeah. of trail off. <laughs> no, that's that's all good. It's all good. It's all good fun. Um, Shinomori says that Microsoft should be paying a bonus to Jim Ryan to keep talking because every time he talks, he makes Xbox look good by comparison. And you know, <laughs> you can't argue. It's true. When I say that Phil Spencer has a silver tongue and always says the right thing, Jim Ryan has a numb tongue that's like hanging out of his mouth. And whenever he talks, it's a disaster for Sony. Um <laughs> Which is funny to watch, and you're, you're. I think Chris was saying um, they should let Herman Holst do more of the talking, and they, yes, Herman Holst comes a lot better. Although the first thing they kind of got him to say when they, I think Sony have recognised that he needs to do more of the talking, but then they kind of said, Herman, go out there and tell them that Horizon and God of War are delayed. <laughs> Which. <laughs> No one's going to be able to deliver well, but hopefully as they get more positive news, yeah, they'll they'll get Herman doing the talking. Jim Ryan can pull strings in the background and we'll see what he can come up with. Um, we are getting close to the end of the show, but I want to cover one more thing. So in the next few weeks, we've got four really impressive looking action RPGs coming out. And I just want to touch on your opinions on those. So we've got Death's Door. We've got Tribes of Midgard. We've got The Ascent, and we've got Hades, which isn't strictly new, but it was close run for Game of the Year last year on the Switch and the PC, and now it's coming to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox. So uh, I'll go to reverse order on this one. Fonz, those action RPGs, those four very promising-looking games. Are you, gonna, are you aware as of them? Are you going to play any of the four? Um, you know, I never tried Hades before, um, but I, I'm not into roguelikes. Like, they're not really my jam. But I heard this one is different. Like, this one is a lot. Like, it's a really good roguelike. Uh, So, I I don't know. I may try it, but I definitely am going to play The Ascent. And Death's Door looks cool, too. I'm going to try that out. Um, But I'm really looking forward to The Ascent. I've been looking forward to that for quite some time. um, Because hopefully this is a cyberpunk game that doesn't get totally trashed, you know, in the media. (laughs) Hopefully it works. And it works. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm re- really looking forward to those two games. So, Death Store and The Ascent. And um, what about so of those games, Erica? Are you aware of them? Are you planning to play any of them? I was just listening to Fonz and thinking we have a lot in common. I am very much looking forward to uh, Death Store and um, The Ascent. The Ascent it has like a four player co op with it too, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to like dive into that stream it and stuff and uh, death's door i already have it pre-ordered on steam 
I, the moment I saw that game, I think we talked about it the first time I was on this show because it was yes, shown it, yeah. that week, I think. And that one, we, we really praised it and looking, it stood out. And since then, I've had it on my radar. So yeah, I'm going to play that one. Hades, I do have on Steam already. I haven't beat it, but I've played a good chunk. And it is different funds. I, I'm, I'm like you. I wasn't really into the roguelites. Even with uh, Returnal, I was kind of hesitant. But Hades is, they do it right. I think they do enough to That's make what you I've feel. Heard. Yeah. yeah, like you feel yeah. like you accomplished something even though you died. It's like, oh, I got this thing even though, you know, oh. I, I died. But at least I kind of feel a little bit more powerful. And now I nice. progress in a sense, you know. So I'd give it a shot if you if you can. It looks cool. gorgeous. Cool. It's got cool uh like looking i mean the aesthetics and everything the bosses it's it's a good game so yeah but that fourth one i haven't really looked at or anything but yeah, those I three yeah those three are good that's um so that's cool that you say that though so hades as erica was just saying um i always considered it kind of like the blizzard of old that used to take a genre and fix it and make it fun for more people Hades mm. does that. It takes so I never liked the roguelike genre. I don't like just doing repetition for the sake of repetition's sake. But but Hades is incredible. Um, it just feels nice every run, whether you have a good one or a bad one. Um, I have finished it and probably won't play it again. But it is also worth knowing the games that I mentioned. Um, the four action RPGs, three of them are day one on Game Pass. If you can call Hades day one, it's day one as far as the Xbox and PC. Not even the PC. It's day one as far as the Xbox release is concerned. But three great games on Game Pass. Um, Dodge, you're back. I know you're looking forward to Death's Door. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why, but I saw the... Was it at the indie? The, the Carnage indie Twitch showcase where they um, showed the game off. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's the art style... Or something like that, but I kind of thought, oh, you know, and I looked into it, and then Jez, Jez Corden from Win uh, Windows Central, he put out like an early preview and was really lording it up. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm really looking forward. I think it's Tuesday um, that it goes. Yeah, into Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really looking to getting uh, hands on with that. It might not be for me, you know, um, like going to Hades as well. I know that you like everyone who sort of played it is a big fan of it. Um, Games like Dead Cell and, and stuff like that, I <clears throat> I didn't get on too well with them. But I like, you know, the Hades art style is Game Pass. Obviously, I'm going to install it and have a go anyway. Hopefully enjoy it. But that tells a Midgard one. That's the PlayStation. It's PlayStation, right? Rise of Midgard. It's, uh, it's PlayStation and PC, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, that, that madness state of play the other, um, the other week, I actually really like the look of that game. Like, I really did. That was the one game where I sort of went, oh, that looks all right, you know? Um, but I'm not going to get me out. Well, I can actually on PC. And then with regards to the Ascent, yeah, I'm hoping to get sort of a four-player four team playthrough of that because uh, that looks amazing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good month. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, Chris, um, of the four games then, so three are obviously on Game Pass and definitely worth trying, but... You heard of Tries Midgard. That's um, it's ten player co ops. Got survival elements, season based gameplay. It's playing on the screen right now. It actually looks really good to me. Is that, or is that on your radar, or any of the other three? Yeah, so definitely just to echo uh, Erica Fonds, really and Darge. So I'm obviously enjoying like co op gaming at the moment. So the Ascent's been on my radar for a, for a good while now. I like that kind of cyberpunk um, 
you know, environment and, and setting. So I'm looking forward to that. I think Death Store looks awesome. And I think, you know, if if people want to do the kind of, um, you know, support the devs argument, it's like 15 bucks or whatever. I think it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, um, it looks like a really nice uh, game. Gameplay looks really smooth, interesting settings and stuff. So I'll definitely uh, play that. Um, I've got Hades on the Switch. Um, again, I haven't, haven't finished it, but I do enjoy the runs on it. I think, as Erica was saying, you, know, you actually, yeah, you do feel like you've accomplished something. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you get that kind of reward, whether whether you die or not. Um, so I think it's a good chunk of of games. Um, as I say, certainly Death Store for largely for the reasons that Dar was saying. I think uh, Jez gave it a great kind of preview. Um, it, it looks good and. Yeah, they said just for that uh, four-player kind of co-op experience, and it looks beautiful. And it kind of reminds me of Joe, you know, bit kind of old-school Syndicate and Joe you know, Diablo and, and Joe you know, those type of games. So um, I do kind of enjoy uh, that type of gameplay. Yeah, I think I think there's four cracking-looking games there. So let's hope they don't turn out to be okay and we all forget them by the week after um, <laughs> if it's not 90 all... or above we're gonna forget them so yeah you know. definitely <laughs> and that'll be sad because they look pretty good um we're gonna start to, to wrap up here so we're gonna run through some actions i hope everyone has had a great time but we'll uh, we'll run through some outros so i'm gonna ask our four fantastic guests to tell us what they're up to in the coming weeks and where you can find them so chris what are you up to um so work on that side so i'm really busy at the moment with work so i've got my own business so that that comes with all kinds of challenges um on the gaming side as i say i'm really into kind of cooperative play um so obviously i'm sure uh, i'm sure i'll jump on a stream with yourself acer which is always uh always good and enjoyable to do um and yeah if people want to kind of connect with me on twitter cj grinnell um i'm on kind of xbox which you know uh, more more often than not kind of every night so that's hard times uk if anyone wants to jump into some co-op gaming um and then on a wednesday i'm a panel member of midweek mix-up and we're kind of moving towards a thousand subscribers at the moment and we've got a really nice. great kind of competition and giveaway so i think once we hit a thousand subscribers um we're going to kind of give away uh, a couple of games of of your choice and then wandering dutch is gonna um create a custom controller so uh, for those who don't know wandering dutch builds controllers or customizes controllers from scratch you know sprays them paint job you name it he's done some awesome ones so um yeah the 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 winner picked at random will get to choose a custom controller so whether that's switch playstation xbox you you name it that'll be put together so yeah come over and join us on a wednesday it's that um 7 p.m. British summertime. That's nice. nice and awesome. Thanks for having me, Asa. <laughs> More than welcome. So Chris doesn't know this yet. Um, he's been streaming with me on the the Tuesdays. We're probably going to do a little bit of uh, Remnant from the Ashes survival mode on Tuesday, see how that goes. Um, and then the following week, I'm going to rope him <laughs> into some co-op The Ascent. So these are things that are happening. Midweek Mix-Up is it's a nice podcast, great group of people, Wandering Dutch um, and the whole panel are well worth tuning into so so check those out as well um Darge, so dodge despite his like rugged exterior he's quite a shy content creator but dodge tell us what you're up to 
Yeah, um, yeah, he started making content again, so I'll probably end up trying to get something. I'll try and get, well, I was trying to get stuff out Tuesdays and Fridays, and I talked myself out of covering um, a story for this Friday, but then ended up doing it. So hopefully, I've sat back out Tuesday. Gonna, yeah, just gonna try and crack on with it a bit regular. The last 12 months for me have been a bit mental, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that. Uh, Probably, well, Death's Door Tuesday, eh, sir? So you're going to have to really, you know, home your way. And Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, just going to be playing the games that we just mentioned in the last topic. Um, Looking forward to them all. Uh, You can get me on uh, Twitter. It's at Daj Knight. And, um, yeah, the YouTube channel is The Daj Knight. You'll probably get a load of... Uh, Christian Bale and Tom Hardy sort of stuff for Heath Ledger come up, but somewhere in there you'll find me. You're on like page ten or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the bottom of the barrel somewhere. Hey guys, so Dodger's content. He's only he's just started up again. I think last week he's done about three videos since then. He's going to keep it up regularly. Give him some encouragement. Leave him some comments. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give and, me uh, feedback. And you'll yeah, see more. Feed it back. Yeah. Definitely yeah, feed it back. And doesn't everyone love his lights on the stream today? Oh, I'll bring him up. There you go. Does <laughs> <laughs> a great pirate impression as well. So does Chris. Um, Erica, so you're you're hosting shortly today, aren't you? But tell us what else you're up to and where people can find you. I am. Uh, in a couple of hours, I'll be hosting my podcast. It's called The Backlog with Erica and Shar, two-person podcast. That's tonight and every other Saturday uh, and Pacific time, by the way, of 530. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier I've been playing Doki Doki on stream. I'm about halfway. So if you want to follow me on Twitch, just look up Ericuts for the win. You see my name on the, on the screen right now. Just type that in. You'll find me. If you want to catch the end of that game with me, I hear it's crazy. So if you want to follow me, watch my streams. I'm over there on Twitch. And pretty much everywhere by that name, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, that name, you will find me on that platform. So, yeah. Thanks again for having me. It was a lot of fun. And it was good meeting all the the new people I met today. (laughs) Definitely a pleasure. Um, Your Twitch streams are great, so people should definitely check those out. The podcast that you're doing in a couple of hours, that's also on Twitch? No, YouTube. That's on my YouTube. And then it goes across to uh, the audio platforms. So, like, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor google podcasts and things like that so yeah awesome and mm-hmm. last again I, I saw, certainly not I saw, really. just oh, quick. sorry mate no doubt yeah go ahead, <laughs> just I, I didn't want to cut but i just wanted to say because i didn't say on my outro i just wanted to say like you've done a really good job on your own tonight and uh yes, i think everyone did. in the chat yeah, if you yeah. think he's done well just put a thumbs up or something because i think he's done well on his chat so well done mate well oh, blushing thank you Dash. that's kind of you um bonds Fons. So Fons does um, Games Talk Live, regular panel member on RDX. Mm -hmm. Tell us where people can find you. Yeah, as you've touched on RDX every Tuesday, Dealer Gaming's channel, we do a podcast there on the Xbox. Um, You know, everything Xbox, really. Uh, And uh, on my channel, I talk everything gaming, and uh, I do my Games Talk Live every Sunday on the Fonzarelli Gaming Channel, and that podcast also goes out to all the streaming platforms, Apple, Google, all that stuff. 
So you can find me on Spotify and stuff like that. And uh, I go one-on-one with a guest on the show. And uh, this week's guest is going to be Colt Eastwood. So I'm going to have him on tomorrow. Nice. Yep. Awesome. Got to get you on, uh, Erica. Got to get you on. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. It'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. So Games Talk Live is um, it's a, it's a very different feel to the normal podcast. It, it's funds and one guest, throws them some questions, has a good time. Um, only typically yeah, lasts an hour. Yeah, I do some hour. trivia on there and stuff. So like it's a little it's bit fun. different, but you know, it's, we, it is. we it's, all it's pretty much thing, just good talk time. games. It's a good yeah. time though. So check that out as well. Um, I would like to thank like... Um, as Stars was saying, I'm hosting on my own, which is a little bit different from me. So a bit of nerves going into it. But thank you, everybody that has come along in chat and supported it. Especially thank you, everybody that has hit that like button. If you haven't hit that yet, there's still time. There's still time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, massive thanks to, to all four guests that have made this so easy for me. And it's been a great time. We'll be back here same time next week. Gaz will be back to, to help out with the hosting. So if you've missed him, fear not. Um, and yeah, I guess I should talk about myself as well. I also am streaming pretty much every day. There's uh, there's some Halo, there's some Last Remnant, there's some Ratchet and Clank, um, there's some horror games, Evil Within too. There's a ton of stuff on my Twitch channel as well. So do come and talk to me. I'm very talkative to chat as well, and it's great to see people just drop in and say hi. And we will end it there and see you next time. <laughs>